Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Iowa. Hey, hi. What's up? How you doing, Matt? How how are we? You know, it's weird because normally <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, does anybody notice something weird about Matt's voice? Nobody can answer. <laughs> nobody can. <laughs> yeah, nobody can answer. Um, we can keep those coughs in there. That's fine. Um, so Matt came down with this nasty cold, like, I don't know, four or five days ago. A couple people at work got it. Um, Ayo. My niece and nephew got it. Um, Dax got it a little bit, but not as bad as you. Um, and don't worry, everybody. It's not COVID. It's no big deal. It's just a little hug cold. And I definitely didn't just do high knees for 20 minutes trying to clear the sinuses before we record this. <laughs> definitely didn't do that. No, for sure. He didn't just do that. So he's not heavy breathing. And 500 push-ups, but you know. Oh my gosh. I thought you looked buff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it is currently Christmas Eve. We are recording this podcast um, just a little bit early because we leave for Florida tomorrow. My family always travels to Florida around this time and um, not to Orlando, though. We will be in the Fort Myers area. So didn't want to log all the uh, podcast equipment down there with us. So we're like, you know what? We're going to do this one ahead of time. We'll put it out a little bit later. A little preview of the Citrus Bowl, Iowa taking on Kentucky. I can see that I'll be doing most of the talking. Um, as Matt is just a tad under the weather. Okay. <coughs> Whatever. Um, one thing that's interesting is usually you go down to a Florida bowl game to get to warmer weather, but it was 50 degrees today. 54 on our way to Christmas church. Crazy. Um, do you like that or do you wish it was like a uh, white Christmas? I mean, it definitely feels more like, more like Christmas when there's snow on the ground. I yeah. think that's kind of a Midwestern thing. I agree. Totally agree. Um, it was Dax's first Christmas. Kind of a big deal. He did pretty well. He was kind of a terror at church, but, you know, his nap time didn't match up. It happens. Whatever. So, um, yeah, it was so nice. And we're a Christmas Eve family, so we do all the, the gift opening and the dinner and all that kind of stuff Christmas Eve. So heading out to Florida tomorrow. It's going to be so much fun. But Matt, I think we we need to venture into the opponent, Kentucky. What do you know about Kentucky? I mean, we'll get into it, but do you know a whole lot? I feel like it's just kind of, it's a school. It's a basketball school, right? I don't know much about their football team. Well, it was until one of our basketball players went down there to play football. Oh, that's right. Alod Wagner, Yeah. I remember that. I remember watching him catching a touchdown. Was it in the corner? Corner of the end zone? Like we were watching some random Kentucky I think game. so, yeah. <laughs> and either, either he caught it or he, he didn't catch it, but like could, uh, not could have. But He like, was targeted. Targeted. There's the there's the word. Hi. Oofta. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I guess there is basketball ties. There also is Iowa ties as their head coach. Oh, yeah. Mark Tell Stoops, former Iowa Hawkeye. Um, Bob Stoops' brother. Mm-hmm. So uh, it took a Hawkeye to, to turn around the Kentucky football program. Well, somebody's got to do it. They were uh, top 11 in the country. I don't think they got any higher than that um, throughout the rest of the season. But they are a pretty good football team. They're a pretty balanced team. Uh, but we can kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, 
Yeah, as you normally have our little tidbits, what do you have on the uh, the Wildcats? I'll tell you something, Matt. When I was doing my research, I was like, you know, usually I just start off with something random. I'll be I'll be on Google and be like, hey, um, traditions from blank school or something interesting about Kentucky and not a whole lot popped up. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I just went back to my roots, you know, it was like, I knew, I knew this thing, but I was like, you know, are people really going to care about that? And I was like, you know what? They, they don't have too much else that's exciting or interesting. So we're just, uh, we're going to go for it. Matt, what do you know about Kentucky cheerleading? I'm pretty sure they're usually pretty good. Yeah, they're freaking epic. Okay. 24 UCA national titles. That's a lot. I feel like that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. They're dominant. What does UCA stand for? Universal Cheerleading Association. Tops of the tops. There's NCA too. Um, National Cheerleading Association. Um, but UCA is like um, kind of the big But there's deal. no NCAA champion? No, nope, no. Nope. UCA and NCA, they're totally separate from all the NC, NCAA Interesting. Stuff. That's kind of weird. Yeah, well, cheerleading, it happens. Um, so yeah, 24 national titles. Pretty much unheard of. They're pretty amazing. They're one of those teams that um, as a kid, you know, as a competitive cheerleader, obviously you know that, but as a kid, you grow up watching them and you, you watch them on YouTube or sometimes they, you know, show like the national championship on ESPN. And so I'm always tuning in just, just to watch Kentucky. And yeah, they're amazing. All their girls, I'm pretty sure this is, I'm making this number up. I'm pretty sure all of the girls have to be like five two at an average or shorter. And you were Five, just six. a tad above that threshold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not taking me. Not a chance. Didn't have this. Not with that attitude. Either. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. Anyway, for me. next thing. Um. So that, and then, but I mean, I have to mention this because I mean, it kept popping up every time I like tried to look at anything Kentucky cheerleading. They did have this like weird hazing scandal a couple years back, which was really unfortunate, and all their uh, all their coaches got um, fired. But I'm really not going to go into like the details of it because it's kind of gross and just not really worth my time. <laughs> so anyway, um, next thing is in 1981 is when they decided on the colors blue and white. Okay, so they were blue and yellow. And you know what's so weird? They just kind of like decided they were blue and yellow. And a lot of the times it was like led by the student section. And so this whole like blue and white thing um, started, like I said, 1981. And the student section or like... I don't know, a few of the students were at some, I don't know if it was like a pep rally or something. I can't remember what it was um, or it didn't say what it was. And they were like, hey, what color of blue should we wear on Saturday for like a, a blue out, I think. And one of the football players at the time in like 1981 was like, uh, this one and like held up his tie and it was like the Kentucky Royal Blue. And they were like, OK. And then that's how it stuck. That's it. That's it. That's the story. Isn't that so weird? That's really weird. Yeah. And then the other thing is like. I mean, I started looking up you know, like different traditions they might have or, you know, kind of cool things like, oh, do they have like a Kentucky version of jump around or whatever or the wave or blah, blah, blah. Um, no. And there was literally an article that was all about like, what is the staple thing at Kentucky football games? And like this person that wrote the article is like, there really isn't one. And that's so strange. Sheesh. Yeah, they have it for like basketball. Apparently they like spell out Kentucky and then they bring back an alumni or like kind of like an important person or somebody cool. And then they finish it out and like hold up a Y with their arms. And like that's kind of a cool thing and people get excited for that. But nothing at football. I found that so strange. Okay, last thing I have for you. Scratch and Wildcat. Okay. 
These are not plays, Matt. I'm assuming they're mascots. Yes, they have two mascots, and they're both like cat figures, but Scratch is the more like kid-friendly. Is it actually kid-friendly? Yeah. Or is it still scary? No, I would it's say. It's not Purdue Pete? No. God, no, it's not Purdue Pete. It's not Little Red either. Okay. Um, no, I'd say he's pretty kid-friendly. I can't really say too much about their, their mascots as far as like looks or whatever. I mean, I don't know. They're fine. Whatever. Just Kentucky just is... They're just Kentucky. Not bringing, they're not bringing a whole lot to the table as far as like the information that I got for you. So that's it. That's the story on them. So now, Matt, shall we talk about football? Yeah, we're going to start off with putting you on the hot spot since you do that to me quite frequently. Okay. Tyler Goodson, opted out. What's your feeling on opt-outs? Mm, it's really hard. It's really hard for me, you know? It's like, uh, you know, I just sort of, I go back to the whole, like, Jake Butt thing with Michigan. Um, and he took that whole, like, the insurance policy out on himself, right? Right, right. So how much did he make on that? Do you remember? I don't know the exact figure, but for those listening that don't know what the insurance thing is, let's say we'll use Jake Button as as an example. If he was supposed to go first round pick 10, that was when he was projected to go. He tore his ACL in the bowl game. And let's say he goes pick or round two pick 10. So there's 32 picks. You get X amount of money. Let's just, again, throw out a number, $5,000. It's more than that. But $5,000 per pick, it's 5,000 times the 32 picks that he got passed. And that's how much money you would have made. Now, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I'm pretty sure that's how that insurance stuff works. Huh. Very interesting. Um, how do I feel about the opt-out thing? It's, ah, uh, man, you did really put me on the spot with this one, huh? Yeah, because you do that to me all the time. I know. Um, you know, it's kind of like the whole transfer thing, I guess. Um, when you're talking about playing in the national championship, if someone were to decide to opt out of that, like the semifinals, I'd be like, what? Seriously? Like there's really some, there's some stuff on the line here, not to make bowl games sound unimportant, but I could understand the frame of mind that a player might be in by saying, there's really nothing on the line here. I think I'm, I'm going to sit this one out and not get myself hurt. The other part of that, too, is there could be some underlying stuff going on that we don't know about. Sure. You know, something going on with Tyler. Just like when you uh, had the whole shins thing going on with the the uh, fractures in your shins. Nobody knew about that. But that's why you weren't taking as many reps in games. Sure, sure. So, you know, I don't know. I'm probably not the right person to ask about this kind of stuff. Well, because you've got the fan perspective. Well, I have the fan perspective, but I also have the perspective of your wife and you played. So it's like, I get all of the different nuances and like weird variables that go into it. Um, and so, ah, if you would have opted out, I don't think I would have been like, Matt, you can't do that. You know, I wouldn't have had it like held it against you. I'd been like, yeah, I understand. That's the right thing. If it were like a legitimate, you know, thing. So, um, I don't know if that was probably a satisfactory answer, but that's all I'm going to give you, I guess. Can you give me your thoughts? Well, it's kind of interesting because it all started kind of in 2016 after Christian McCaffrey torched us in the Rose Bowl the following year. I'm pretty sure he opted out of the bowl game along with a couple other people. And I think that's when it became a thing. Um, I totally understand those that, you know, if you're going to be a high draft pick and they don't want to take the insurance and, you know, like you said, they're not playing for a national championship. 
I get that side of it. And I also get the side that says, this is your last time to play with your team. Like, why wouldn't you go play with your team? I know. That's another thing, too, where it's like, for... But sometimes people can read so much into it. And they're like, does he really love football if he's going to miss playing? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but I don't know. I think people can make a lot more out of it and people can make a lot less out of it. I guess my biggest thing is that hopefully he finds what he's looking for by opting out and, you know, he does whatever he feels he needed to do. Yeah. See, like that's I mean, it. I don't think I have like a hot take on it. Yeah. And I'm not going to either. I'm not going to berate Tyler for not and I'm not going to um, praise, praise him. him either. You know, it's just kind of like I hope he does what he feels is best for him. And you hope that all these people are getting good advice and, you know, they're talking to the right people and saying, hey, you really don't have anything to gain. Or, hey, you're really banged up in pro days in a couple months. We need you to be healthy right. for pro day. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could obviously play into it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, not a not a crazy hot take, but I agree with you. Um, I do have to say one thing about Tyler really, really quick before we go on. So there was a, a kid, I think he's here from Iowa City, might be in a surrounding area. Anyway, he just got diagnosed with leukemia and I got added to his like Facebook page where they kind of give all the updates and stuff. I'm not sure why, but I, he's like a huge Hawkeye fan. So that might've been part of the reason. So I was like, oh wow, this is a really touching story. I feel so bad for this kid. You know, like maybe there's some way that I might be able to help like make his day kind of thing. So I was like, oh, I'll just reach out to, I think it was his mom or his aunt or something like that. And I was like, hey, is there anything that I could do to like, you know, maybe help bring his spirits up a little bit. And she's like, well, he loves Tyler Goodson. So I was like, okay, great. So I just reached out to Tyler and I was like, hey, you know, there's this kid, told him the story. Would you mind just making him a quick video and just say like, hey, we're rooting for you. We're behind you, that kind of thing. He's like, yeah, definitely. Literally sent the video over like the next day. Was like, yeah, let me know if there's anything else I can do. So nice. I mean, that's like- and That's cool. It's really cool. And that's uh, just shows kind of the kind of person that he is. And um, I think that's just something that Iowa football does is really cares about the kids in the Stead Family Children's Hospital and just wanted to share that little quick story. So shall we talk about the offense or the defense first, Matt? How are we feeling? Well, let's talk about our defense first. There's offense. Okay. So they're dude. And when I mean like, oh yeah, Laporte is kind of like our dude because he touched, I think he's got like, I don't know, he leads a team in catches. Mm -hmm. But they have a dude who's got almost 100 catches this year. And he's actually a Nebraska transfer, Wandale Robinson. I feel like I know that name. He's not the biggest dude. I think he's 5'10", 5'11", 185. My gosh, I bet he looks so small out there. Uh, A little bit, but he can cruise, number one. He can run. And he makes some, uh, BK would always call it the wow catch, but like going up in between two defenders and making the catch and things of that nature. And they definitely feed him the ball. So he's got... Like I said, almost 100 catches, it's 97. He's got like 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. Like, he's a stud. And that's at the receiver position. Sometimes they play him in the slot. Sometimes they put him outside. Um, but he's going to get his touches. He's going to touch the ball probably 10 to 15 times hmm. at least, um, whether it be end arounds or, you know, like I said, from the from his normal wide receiver position. Um, but really, it's their quarterback that we need to be aware of. Okay. They're pretty balanced. So they run the ball and pass the ball almost like the exact same. I think it's like maybe 400 yards difference between the two. Okay. And against, in their last game against Louisville, well, their offense is pretty good. They put up 50 the last two games. Now it was against, I think, New Mexico State and Louisville. So not like powerhouses, but still 50, a 50 burger is still a 50 burger, you know. A 50 burger? A 50. 
Yeah, that's kind of like the gamer coming out on me. If you get 50 kills on Call of Duty, it'd be like a 50 burger. I hate that name, but okay, keep going. You're not a gamer. And, <laughs> uh, well, that's not true. You do play Fortnite. With, you, well, we used to play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to football. So, um, against Louisville, he had, f- I think he had four rushing touchdowns. The quarterback did. What? Three undesigned runs. And the fourth was the play broke down and then he scrambled. And he's a big kid that can move. So I think the first quarterback draw went for like 35 yards, scored. Um, And they're not afraid to widen you out, see if you're a man-to-man, and then just do a QB draw. Uh, Like I said, he's a bigger kid. They run the QB sneak almost as much as we do on short yardage. You know, we've talked about this a few different times this season, I feel like. And every time you bring up a quarterback that can move, I get a little bit of a tummy ache. I don't like it. I, I don't like to watch it. I like to watch it if it's us. I don't like to watch it if it's a team we're playing against because it's so frustrating. Yeah, because you think you've got him wrapped up and then he goes somewhere. So basically our defensive line has to make sure that if you've got a shot, you got to take him down. You absolutely have to take him down. Um, they made a point to talk about how Kentucky's offensive line is pretty big and Louisville didn't have a single player on defense that was 300 pounds and all of Kentucky's offensive linemen were over three bills. So they're big guys. Like I said, the quarterback's a big guy, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him running a little bit uh, or at least trying to run a little bit against us. And they actually did a QB sneak. You know, most QB sneaks are just right behind the center. He actually went off tackle. So he took the snap and went to his left. So everybody crashed down the middle and there was a wide open on outside of like the tackle or the tight end. I think it was just a tackle and went around him for the score. And there was nobody there. Weird. Why wouldn't you just do that every time? When you bring up, oh, they did this one trick play. It just makes me say, then do it every time. <sighs> yeah. They're doing it more But you often. still have to make them think they, you still have to make them think you're going middle. But yeah, you probably could do it more often. Okay. I have a point then. Or a QB sneak. Uh, you won't know this, but back when Drew Bledsoe was a quarterback of the Bills, they did a cu- fake QB sneak where he like took two steps f- or like acted like he was trying to QB sneak. Then the running back actually went out to the side and he pitched it to him and he ended up scoring like a 35-yard touchdown. See? Just... Just Whatever. wrinkles. I was just going to say that. Yep. That's funny. Defensively, um, uh, they can give up some points. You know, I watched um, I watched some of the Georgia game, watched some of the Tennessee game, watched some of the Louisville game. There are definitely holes in their defense. I think their secondary can definitely be beat. It's just a matter of whether or not our guys are able to get open. You know, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is it's going to be – I feel like every time I come on here and it's because I'm a wide receiver, every game's a big game for the wide receivers. Like, we're not going to have Tyler Goodson. And I think Ivory Kelly Martin is the name, the starter, which – I'll be interested to see if how many snaps he takes or if it's kind of like a senior thing where they're going to give him the start and then Gavin Williams and uh, LaShawn come in and kind of take the majority of the reps. It'll be interesting to see how many reps Ivory actually takes a running back because, you know, it's kind of been Gavin's the guy. I know. I'm kind of curious to watch him this game. So um, obviously running game is going to be a little look a little different, but I think Gavin's played really well in his time, you know, whether it be catching the ball or running it. But um Tennessee, first play of the game, they were in a wide receiver screen that went for 70 yards. He caught it behind the line of scrimmage and then went for 70. Like, there there are big play opportunities. I didn't see them push the ball as much, uh, meaning Kentucky, but Tennessee took 
just took their shots. And I think now we're at the end of the season, you're going for win number 11, doesn't happen all that often. Um, I think you just lay it all out there. I think you take some shots. I think you let Spencer show off his arm strength because I still don't think we've seen this dude throw it as hard as he can or as far as he can. Hmm. And I'd like to just see him huck one to Charlie Jones just to, you know, just because, you know. You've got all the terms, huck one, huh? I've <laughs> yeah. never heard you say that before. Maybe it's the cold affecting my mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, so all that kind of stuff. I I, I do think this team is beatable. Um and, you know, it, it's kind of weird. Gavin was playing a little bit more towards the end of the year. So like you were talking about, maybe Goodson's nursing, nursing something. Um, and that's why he's not going to play because he's, you know, hopefully make himself ready for pro day. Um, so that's a little different. Um, but as far as what we can do to this team, I think we have a shot. Sometimes they go three down linemen, um, kind of like we do. We go three down and then like Van Valkenburg will stand up, but mm-hmm. sometimes they'll only bring three and drop eight into coverage. So it's really going to test Spencer's ability to read the zone and know where he needs to go with the football. Uh, they might be playing a few mind games with us, but, uh, with the added time to prepare and depending upon how many game weeks, you know, how they approach this particular bowl prep, um, I mean, I don't think you can ever really count Iowa out, even going into the Big Ten Championship. I don't think any of us thought that that's the result. I think we all felt that Iowa still had a shot. And it was only 14-3 going into half with, um, you know, we missed a field goal and we had a missed touchdown. So we're in every game. It's just a matter of converting those uh, big plays when you need them. Do you think we'll see both Spencer and Alex's game? (sighs) Well, uh, I, I heard, don't I, know. I know. I heard at a press conference, um, someone asked that question of like, um, what are you hoping for with your quarterback battle or something like that? And uh, Coach Ferentz was like, you know, I, uh, I hope that they both stay here and may the best man win, which I mean, what do you kind of expect for an answer? But I don't know. Interesting. I wouldn't be totally adverse to the idea of a different package for Padilla. I mean, I understand that, you know, Spencer's going to be our drop back guy, but I wouldn't be adverse to some kind of read option look with Padilla or like a more of a bootleg look. Georgia ran a ton of bootlegs for a ton of yards. I mean, they throw the ball three yards down the field, but it would go somewhere. Um, Stetson Bennett, their quarterback, he was on the move a lot and he's able to throw on the run well. um, And that really gouged Kentucky's defense, which... They are a good defense, um, but like I said, they have the ability to give up points just like anybody else. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a rollout, read option kind of wrinkle, <laughs> for lack of a better term, for Padilla. Um, but I, I don't think we'll see both just under center. But I also didn't think that going into the last game, so who knows? Guess we shall see. Special teams, I think, kind of plays in our favor. They really haven't kicked a ton of field goals. I think they've only kicked 11 all year. Um, He's good from 20 to 29, not good from 30 to 39, good from 40 to 49, and then not good after that. Hmm. So 20s and 40s, good. 30s and 50s, uh uh-uh. He's like one for five from 30s and 50s. Weird. Yeah, it's weird it's a mind game. They did have one field goal blocked against Georgia. Now, Georgia's got some dudes up front, like dudes i don't have any other phrase like that you just look at them and you go yeah he's probably a good football player (laughs) (laughs) 
like that kind of big. So, and they ended up blocking one uh, there. So there might be an opportunity there. Special teams, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are giving Coach Woods um, props on Twitter for his for his coaching. Um, I think they said that the number one special teams unit was Hawkeye football. Yes. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we break out something different too on special teams. Uh, wrinkles aren't just for offense and defense. Special teams can get a little tricky too. All right. Well, I don't know. I feel. I think I feel good about this game. You know, usually I have like a feeling going into it. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a good game to watch. I think any time you get an SEC opponent, it just fuels your fire a little bit. Everybody always propping up the SEC. Now, don't get me wrong. Kentucky a good football team. We just saw a really good football team a couple of weeks ago in Michigan. So they're really good. They're really good. <laughs> Um, so I'm now that we've seen what that looks like, we absolutely should be prepared for a Kentucky team. Definitely. Um, okay. Well, Matt, the next time we, you know, record a a podcast, it'll be the next year. Don't do that. But this is our last recap or our last preview. Excuse me. Our last preview. This is true. That's kind of crazy. It was a good year to start a podcast. Yeah. Wild ride. Wild ride. Um, when we get back from Florida, the bowl game's all wrapped up. We are going to obviously do a recap on the game. Then I think we'll do a special episode that'll just be dedicated to our end of the season and end of the postseason um, awards show. So some of our, um, you know, our personal awards that we would give. Unsung hero. Okay. Maybe like a, uh, you know, unsung hero of the year as opposed to oh okay (laughs) uh or whatever something like that so stay tuned for that episode and we will we'll see you guys next year man i hate this um (laughs) hopefully we didn't blow your speakers with my cold voice and that you're able to make it through the entire podcast so thank you for making it this far yeah, you know, if you guys could send some some good thoughts, some some good good prayers and vibes to me for putting up with okay. two babies in the household. Okay. Get All right, we, let's wrap this up. A baby with a cold let's wrap this and a up. man with a cold, one and the same. Okay, let's let's go here. So, if you could just pray for me. Do you want me to do the sign off? <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that everybody had a fantastic Christmas, holidays, Happy New Year. And safe travels if you're going to the bowl game. Absolutely. All of the things. Enjoy the sun if you'll be in Orlando. Uh, Bowl game. Citrus Bowl 2022. It shall be. All right. Let's roll. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.